Welcome to the shit show of my 20s. My name's Sophia. I'm a 20-year-old loan officer from California. I started this podcast back in April 2020. Got furloughed from my job for about three months. And during those three months, I was very honest with myself. I was like, we can either start emotionally eating. We can start suppressing these feelings of not feeling worthy because you've lost this thing that you attach so much of your identity to. Or we could start that podcast that you've always been wanting to start. So I decided to go with that second option and I'm so glad I did. I've interviewed over 130 people since then. It's been incredible. I've got to interview music artists and seven-figure entrepreneurs and just all these incredible people with different stories and different ways of how they got to where they are and just hearing about their journey, hearing about their shit show moments because we all have shit show moments and just learning how to navigate them better and learning how to learn from them and take them and create something magical out of them. And I'm so glad that I get to interview all these incredible people and I am such a big believer that you can radically change your life in a year. You can just radically change your circumstances, where you're at. And I remember being 19 and just trying to get a job and applying to like, I was applying to Ross and like a smoothie bar and like all these places wouldn't take me. And I was like, so offended. I was like, why is no one taking me? And then I finally passed my NMLS test. And then I got a job with a major mortgage company. And I was like, oh, that's why they didn't take me. Cause I was meant to go down and get this job instead of that job. And I went from being 19 with $0 in my bank account and just being so stressed about money and so stressed about like is it gonna come into my life do I what am I gonna do about this to being 20 year old with over 60 grand in savings and I think one of the big changes that I made between those two was even when I had zero in the savings account I still believed that I was abundant I still believed that money was gonna flow into my life I still believed in something that I couldn't see at the time because I knew it was just a matter of time before it was gonna come so I'm such a huge believer and you can radically change your scenario you can step into that next version of you and that next version of you that higher self version of you she's not that far away as you think i think she's just there's just garbage in the way and it's just undercovering that garbage that's in the way of you getting to her and just stepping into that and the next version of you with the next level of results it's something i'm super passionate about and i hope from this podcast that you get to hear these stories and relate with these people and just relate with like not necessarily like just reconnecting to that path of what you want to do and reconnecting to that higher version of you and what you wanted to be when you were younger and what lights you up and what brings you joy so i'm so excited for you guys to hear these episodes would love to connect with you on instagram my instagram's the shit show my 20s dm me and love to have a conversation and feel free to share this with someone you know will love it and you can also leave a review on itunes i would love that Today's guest is Diana. I love chatting with her. Diana is the founder of Better Topics. Better Topics is a card game for couples that she created together with her husband, Robert. And they created this game to help couples have deeper conversations and also be able to have fun while doing it. It has game-like features and reward systems that make it great for a date night while traveling, or even a picnic for two because the questions are designed to be repeatable and the game could be played over and over again, which is so cool. We go into so many incredible things in this interview from her career journey, what inspired her and her husband to create better topics, how to navigate those deeper conversations with your partner, how she met her husband, and so much more. So excited for you guys to hear this episode. Let's get started. So thank you so much, Diana, for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to getting to know you. So I'd love to start. Tell me about your 20s. Feel free to include any shit show moments you might resonate with. Let's start there. <laughs> oh, my God. First of all, thank you so much for having me today on your podcast. Guys, I would suggest you get a drink because this is going to be long. <laughs> I'm in my early 30s now. So my 20s were, oh, my God, I have so many things to say. But I think I would start with sort of a belief I always had. I don't know exactly where I had it from, to be honest, but that belief actually led me to literally have the best relationship right now. And that is not to settle for a mediocre relationship. And, you know, even when I was reaching, you know, 25, 26, 27, and especially if you're from a culture where, you know, 
at that age, most of your friends are married with kids. You know, everyone looks at you and especially in my culture, they literally just ask it to your face, like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> You're not married by now. You know, like, how come you haven't found the one and stuff like that? And I'm like, I don't know. I just I haven't found them. I've been gone. Like, I had so many dates and I have so many, you know, first date horror stories. <laughs> but, and I had relationships. But, you know, I realized that, no that's not it you know and growing up I used to read a lot of novels and a lot of books and everything and I understand that you know like romantic movies in novels as well many times they kind of exaggerate when they explain certain feelings and situations but then I thought they cannot all be crazy right like there are thousands and thousands of authors of romantic books and movies and everything they cannot all be crazy can they so I was like I want to experience that type of feeling you know when you meet them and then you know and it's amazing amazing every time but unlike a romantic movie that finishes I didn't want it to finish no I wanted it to continue so throughout my 20s it was this battle in my mind basically between my mind and my heart mostly where you know my mind was reasoning with people around me that yes they are right I kind of should get married what is it that's wrong with me that I cannot find the one you know and I was looking around but then whenever I would go on dates I would just not click with them you know it would be literally boring and I would try to envision is this how my life is going to be like is this all I am looking forward to like what is this like I might as well just be by myself Especially because, you know, I had like a really good job. I had my own money. I already bought my own house. You know, I was like, fine. Like, why, why would I want that? I always had this thought that if someone enters my life, you know, for a relationship and to be my partner, they should make it even better and nicer and more fulfilling than it already is instead of making it more difficult. So that was basically the gist of my 20s. Going out on dates, having some relationship, and in the meantime, getting exactly clear on what is it that I actually want in a relationship. Because, you know, when I was younger, I didn't exactly know what I wanted. You know, I always looked at other people and other relationships. I've seen few things that I actually liked, and I was like, I, I would like to have that in my relationship. But I've seen so many that I didn't want. So at least I got clear on exactly what I didn't want, you know, throughout my 20s. And I ended up in a place where I was single already for like a couple of years. Again, still going on dates when and if. And at one point, I actually just sat down and wrote a list for myself. Like, how would this perfect person look like I could choose anything and this comes actually after reading a book uh, conversations with God by uh, Neil Donald Walsh and he actually says well who is God you know in the book says that we always choose what we live through in life like everything we experience we chose it whether we do it consciously or unconsciously we we chose it we you know in a way or another we have so you know I thought okay what if let's just do an exercise what if I can actually choose anything I want why would I choose bad why not choose good for myself you know why not choose love why not choose an amazing relationship so I actually sat down with the pen and paper and I started writing actually I still have that list to this day and I ended up with like 21 points or something like that and I remember about halfway through I kind of wanted to stop you know because I was like I don't want to be too greedy or too selfish or I don't want to restrict you know the universe or God in finding this perfect person but then I thought okay let's just see if I could act if if this would actually be true how would it even look you know just to have a blueprint and then let's go from there and then I thought you know even if I meet someone and they meet like 75 80 percent of the list not 100 percent you know, I'll be happy with that. But at least I am clear in my mind as well exactly what is it that I want. So I don't spend my time, you know, going on these stupid dates that literally I could have, you know, I could have known from the beginning there was nothing to it. So <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I had my list. And then for about a couple of months after writing my list, I was going about my day and, you know, going to work and everything as if I actually met that person trying to Every, especially when I would wake up in the morning, I was like, how would I feel if that person would be just next to me just now? Like if I would turn around and they would be here in bed, you know, like how would that feel? So I, I tried to stay in that feeling of gratitude and happiness as long as I could throughout the day as well. And interestingly enough, two months later, I've actually met Robert, who's now my husband, and we've been married for four years since. Now, the strangest part to this, to my story, basically, is that he also had his own list. And although I wrote my list two months before, he wrote his three years before meeting me. 
And the interesting part was that, you know, he literally met all of the 21 points on my list, literally all of them. Like when we were dating and going out and as we were talking and getting to know each other, I remembered my list and, you know, it was literally everything, the passion, the chemistry, the, even the fact that he was uh, tall and dark. Now, you know, I'm 5'3", so it's not difficult (laughs) for someone to be taller than me, especially as a guy, but, you know, I just put it out there. I was like, no, just in case. So even, um, you know, his main values and the family values that I, I really feel very strongly about, you know, I'm very close to my family. I wanted someone who values family equally as much. All of those things, he literally had all of them. Very interesting way. And when I read his list, so we were already together. And at some point I told him about my list as a joke, you know, because I I wasn't sure how he's going to take it. So then he showed me his list. He's like, oh, by the way, let me show you something. And then he showed me his. And literally I was, oh my God, because his list was actually a seven page essay. I know it's crazy. And he, so what he did is, where mine was just like a bullet point list he actually took each thing that he had on his list which were like 36 points and he described them you know like so if you know this would happen she would react in such and such a way or if this would happen she would react in such and such a way and details even down to the fact you know dark hair and green eyes or exact not necessarily trigger responses, but exact responses or behaviors that I have in certain situations, which was so, so strange for me to see. It was literally like reading a report that someone wrote about me that knows me very, very well. Now, bear in mind, he wrote that list three years before meeting me. So, you know, all of this was was so strange and we hit it off so well from the very beginning. By this time, I was in my late 20s, you know, when, when we've met. At that time, because I was so happy to actually meet someone so amazing like him you know I was like you know whether he asks me to marry him or not whether we get married now or in five years I actually didn't really care anymore because you know I found that amazing person for me now just because he (laughs) didn't want to wait anymore and as he says it you know he wanted to take me off the market quickly he did propose very soon after we started dating so within two months he actually proposed and within four months after that we got married so within six months of knowing each other <laughs> we were actually married. Wow. so yeah that's that's the story of my 20s basically wow I love that and I'd love to go back to like you have this mindset of like no matter what I'm not gonna settle like I'm not gonna have a meter or relationship I'm not gonna to dim my list down I'm not going to change what I want I'm not going to just get married to get married and I'm kind of yes. curious like where did that stem from for you for you because sometimes it's easier to go into like the mindset of like oh well this is okay you know it might not be the, the standard that I want but it's not bad either like I'm kind of curious where that stemmed from for you like that belief of like just that knowing that belief that. actually was somewhat a lifelong process in a way Because even throughout my school years, I've always questioned things like, why is it that way? Why are we doing this? That doesn't even make any sense to me. Like, why? Explain it to me logically. Why is it? And then I'll understand and maybe I'll accept it as well. That being said, uh, I was raised by a very strong mother, you know, who has a very strong personality and who also never abided by the society rules in a way. I mean, she, my mom, she still works in a field that is, 99.9% dominated by by men. So, you know, she always was this very strong character who was always ready to fight for something she believed in or something she wanted to do. So seeing that growing up, I learned in a way that as a woman, we don't have to bow down just because we are women. You know, we still have desires. We still have things that we want to do, hobbies, you name it. We can still make our own money. We can still even support a family if we want to. I mean, there were many times in my parents' history where my mom was making more money than my dad because she has a business, obviously, that is more fluctuant where my dad, he has a job. So he has more of a steady paycheck, you know? So, you know, it was fine for me to actually see that and it was really good to witness the fact that it's not always the man that has to support the family primarily you know they can both do it together and they are equals in a relationship and in the family as well which it was very very important because you know I grew up with this belief that 
yes, I am a woman, but that doesn't mean I'm any less than any man out there. So can literally do anything. So that having that belief and that those those role models growing up also I remember I went to, so in high school, I actually went to Catholic school, which was a bit strict. But even then, most of my teachers were going crazy with me because I would always ask them a lot of questions, especially being a Catholic school. We were taught a lot of religion and a lot of Catholic beliefs, you know, and I always ask them like, okay, but why? I understand this is it, but why? So in many, and I'm not just saying about Catholic religion now, but in many, many religions, I found that they have this just believe and don't ask questions, you know, because it's just easier for everyone because they cannot really explain everything that has happened thousands of years ago, you know, although I was having all these questions. So basically throughout my life, I had this curiosity of learning more, basically, and not settling for something I felt it wasn't good enough. Mm. I love that. And also another thing too, is it sounds like you kind of got to this point of like surrender with the whole process because you were going through all these dates, like these dates weren't that good. It sounds like you kind of surrendered from having to have a partner and kind of also concentrated on like just building the life that you wanted at the same time, like having the full life. And I'm curious if you have any tips to kind of like surrendering the attachment to like, this needs to happen now, or like, I need this certain thing and kind of being able to like, let it go and like surrender. Well, I would want to start this answer with a quote. I'm not exactly sure exactly how it's put, but something along the lines of you won't get something when you want it, you will get it when you most need it. And that's different. Because we might look around and see our friends, family, even or even online, especially with social media. Now, bear in mind, growing up, I didn't have that much social media. You know, social media came into my life when I was like in my late teens towards 20. By that time, my personality was mostly formed anyway. So I didn't have that much pressure of seeing what's going on with everyone else's life, to be honest. But still looking at my friends around and everything, it's how to explain this in a better way. I too, for many years even, I wanted and I felt a sort of craving of having that amazing partner, mainly because for a good while, I did believe the things that other people were telling me, you know, where, oh, if you meet this amazing person, everything will improve, your life will become great. And especially again, as a woman, many times I've been told growing up that, oh, you don't have to stress that much, you don't have to be that strong, you're too strong and man you know, they get scared of it or don't have to make that much money. You don't have to buy your own house because, you know, you can get married and the guy will, will provide it for you. And every time I was like, but why? Because the same people that were telling me this, they were in relationship where this wasn't happening. So it was so strange to me to, for me to see these people that were giving me certain type of advice, but that was not exactly the experience that they had. Still, they were giving me advice. So, and I've seen this quote somewhere else. Um, it says, don't take money advice from broke people. Mm-hmm. And I think that is one of the best advices ever, other than, you know, don't settle for a, <laughs> a mediocre relationship, is that whenever someone gives you an advice, first of all, look at their relationship and try to see whether you would actually like to have their relationship. If the answer is yes, then yes, obviously you can follow their advice because clearly they are some, doing something right and you kind of can have some shortcuts by following those advices but if someone gives you life advice of what to do and you know their relationship is in shambles then obviously you have to second guess that advice because clearly they don't know what they're saying so yeah that you know although for years I've actually you know bought into that I've come to realize through my own experience that yeah that's that's not the reality out there you know And it also came from a curiosity that I've seen so many failed relationships around me and not necessarily failed per se, but not happy and not fulfilling that I was curious, is there anything such as great relationship, you know? And once I've actually started asking myself this, I've started finding people that were in really great relationships even after 30 years. I mean, you would see, I would watch sometimes documentaries with old people, you know, like what advice would you give to young people and you could actually tell even then the ones that still respect each other and love each other because they would still hold hands they would still be close to each other they would still laugh at each other's jokes and even in their you know they were like 70 80 and I was like oh my god so you still can have it so I was like that's what I want to have I don't want to have what people around me are having now where 
they can't wait to get away from each other or they can't wait for the other to go and travel for a few weeks just so they can read a bit you know I was like what is that like no I don't think you know when you actually love someone should be like that so yeah that was it and then you know once I realized that I'm just wasting my time with this stupid date just to give them a chance when clearly even from the very basic discussions it was clear to me that we don't resonate we're not on the same level I was like no that's it I'm gonna just stop this for a while and educate myself on it in the meantime you know just get ready so by the time I actually meet the right person I know exactly what to do instead of you know hitting issues and problems and then start educating myself on it and I said in the meantime you know whilst that amazing person that is about to come into my life sorts out their side of the stuff you know and then until they are ready to come and meet me I'll just work on myself on my finances on whatever I wanted to achieve you know so one of my biggest realizations is the fact that I came to a totally different country which is UK I came to the UK about 10 years ago just out of uni and I started working different jobs, you know, as you do in the beginning. And then I also started working in admin at a local hospital, starting from the lowest paid job all the way to management level. So, you know, I still had that going for myself. And I've put all my energy into my career and work, which I'm very happy I did because I've learned so, so many things. And interestingly enough, a lot of things that I've learned, especially in my management role and training, helped me in my relationship today you know, because we've learned a lot of communication skills and all of that. So that those skills still help me. So yeah, I, I just worked on myself. And I said, you know, I do want like a great person. And this was way before having my exact list. I knew I want this great person. But then if that person would come to me today, would they like me at this level where I am with this mindset that I have now? So you know, for those who are not very sure exactly which way to go and what to do, First of all, try to get as clear as you can on exactly what type of person you want and what do you want to experience in a relationship. And when I say this, I don't mean about financial things or stuff like that, you know, but what feelings you want to experience in your relationship. You know, how do you want to wake up in the morning? What type of things, you know, again, here it depends on your love language as well, but what brings joy to you basically? So, and then once you have that list of the perfect person, think of how you would need to be, you know, in order to attract some, someone like that. Because many, I found that they are somewhere you know, at a certain level, and then they wish for someone who is way higher up, but then it's like being on a different highway level. Like you actually might be meeting, but they are so much higher at a so much higher level than you are that literally you cannot physically meet because they're like here and you're like down here. So try to get yourself up there. And I'm not saying to change totally who you are and your personality, because we will still have traits of that, but improve yourself in any way that you think. You know, if you don't feel confident in your body, then start working out because especially these days, you don't even need a gym membership, but you can do it from home as well. You can do it by walking outside and stuff like that. So if you're not confident in your finances or, you know, that side of things, start working on that. Again, there are so many jobs out there. There are so many opportunities online. You don't even need to leave your house anymore. So whatever you are not confident in, start working on that. Because what I realized is, is not as much as transforming your body or your finances or any of that. It's not about that. It's mostly what confidence you get from those things. Because there can still be people who are broke and obese and unhealthy and be confident as heck and still attract the right people for them because they have that confidence, you know? So at the end of the day, what we can do whilst, you know, we're waiting for the right person is to work our, on ourselves because we are the only ones that we can influence and actually change something. You know, we can kind of manipulate others, but it is only temporary and it will always backfire. So if you actually want changes in your life, first of all, start changing yourself. Mm -hmm. And again, most of the changes that we can do is to bring us ourselves a lot of confidence so we can actually go out and pursue the right person or even the right career. Yeah. And it all starts with that. Cause if you don't have the confidence, you're not going to go after the right person. You're going to go after the wrong one. In the wrong curve. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I've been doing that and you know, my, my brother, I'm very close to my brother, by the way. And he is one of my best friends actually. And we start, we used to talk about all of my dates and everything. And many times he told me, and I didn't understand it at that point that why are you even going out with these guys? Like you're so much better than them. And I was like, yeah, but I don't feel better. 
you know like I was like I don't feel any better than them and like and even those guys were not calling me back and he was like yes because they realize you're so much better than them and they are you know they cannot even match you so that's why they're just running away and I'm like okay but where are the ones that can match me then (laughs) you know so again once you know exactly what you want in life you can actually plan for it and it's interesting one thing I would want to add to that is that although for me for example since writing the list and actually meeting my husband was two months that was from the moment I got very specific and clear but up to that point I have learned so many things so all this is a process that can take years and I want people to know this that is normal to, for it to take years because again I think media and especially movies ruined us a bit in from this regard where we see only the before and after picture and many times we don't know how much time actually passed between one another like one of my friends actually just uh, participated in this health and fitness competition and she was having a before picture and an after picture. Now, before picture was literally when she was 19, 20 and now she's 36. So it was quite a few years in between, but people don't know that because they just see before, after, done. But in life, that's not how it is. And it is normal to take a process and to have a full process out of it and to learn and maybe, you know, even lessons that you think you've learned them once, they might come back and teach you something else. Yeah. And I'd love to know, like, what was kind of like the creation process for you for like better topics? Like, how did this all kind of come together for you? It was actually quite complex. You know, again, it was a full process in itself, even even coming up with the idea. Never mind the actual creation of it. It was actually, it had a lot of elements, basically. Because, you know, whilst I was uh, on my own before meeting my husband, I actually educated myself as much as I could on relationships. You know, on communication, how to be a good partner, how to be this, how to talk with your partner. You know, all of those things about relationships. Because, again, I had that belief that once I meet them, I want this to already make it work instead of just waiting for issues to happen and then start thinking how to solve them. And interestingly enough, my husband, my husband as well, he he educated himself on relationships too, because before meeting me, he's been in this five year long relationship where things weren't too great. So he as well had this belief that, okay, this is not working. Let's just see what other people do, what the specialists say, you know, and then try to inspire some ideas from there. So once we met, we both had this commitment to our relationship and conviction that we will definitely make this relationship work having that on both sides it's obviously amazing because everything just falls into place a lot easier than when it's just one of the partners trying to do that but still is possible so you know because we we had those beliefs from the very beginning of our relationship we actually started putting things in place like date nights you know we actually had a weekly date night ever since we were dating, you know, even when we moved in and we were living together and it was just the two of us, we would still have weekly date nights. And then in the weekends, whether we would do something together or together with our family, you know, that would be like a bonus, but we still had our weekly date night during the week where it would be just the two of us focusing on the relationship, doing something only together, whether it was going out, seeing a movie, playing some games, And we actually love board games, the both of us. And we have so many, like we have most of the classic ones like Monopoly, Scrabble. We have all of these. And because we like them, we said, you know, and we are very interested in working on our relationship. Let's just get some couple card games. And then, you know, it's like two in one. You also play something and you also work on your relationship, which we thought the idea of it was really great. And we got few of those games and we were so disappointed that we couldn't really play with them there wasn't anything to play with you know there were one-off questions printed on a piece of paper and that's it and I'm like okay but how do we play this is it just an ask and answer and that's it like nothing there like that that seemed so boring to us to be honest we could have you know just opened any website online with hundreds of questions and just go through those and that's it we didn't actually need a card game And I was also frustrated. Why do they even call it a game when it's not a game? So, you know, all of that together with the fact that I was also at a crossroads in my life where I wanted to change career paths because I was in corporate already. I was a manager already. And I thought, you know, going into it, I thought that once I get to a management level, I'll be able to, you know, improve things the way I think they should be improved, especially because I literally seen every step of the way what can be improved and all of that 
I got to management level and I realized that's not the case. Things were getting just darker and grimmer, to be honest. So I was like, okay, I don't want that. And, you know, I was looking at my husband who was waking up in the morning, super passionate about what he's doing, you know, super pumped, excited of the day ahead. You know, he would have days, many days in a row where he would have 16 hours of calls back to back, you know, and he would literally have no voice by the end of it. And when I would look at him at night, he would still be super pumped and passionate, like, oh my God, and excited about all the conversations he had and the projects they were working on. And I was like, how is that? How does that feel? Like, I want to feel that, you know, to be so excited every day, so excited that I can work a Sunday or Saturday and not mind it at all, you know? So, you know, all of those things combined, we were like, and then it came, you know, the, the thing with the card game and we're like, what if we create our own? How would that even look? You know, so we started bouncing around ideas and we thought, yes, but what to make it about? And we said, well, relationships, because that's, you know, outside of my then job, that was the only thing that actually interested me. And because I was like, I don't feel I have any specific passion or hobbies like most people do. Like, you no, know, some, you know, are into art, some in, are into music. I was neither, you know, I can kind of draw and I cannot sing. So I was like, no. So, you know, after a lot of brainstorming, we're like, okay, let's see how would it even look if we would actually create our own game. So we did that. And then we tried finding questions. And then we worked about more than six months only on creating the questions. Because first of all, we wanted to make them repeatable. So whoever plays the game can actually play it multiple times, not just one. It's not a one-off game and that's it, you throw it away. And then second, we put in again, a lot of thought into how to formulate the questions in a way that is not blameful towards anyone, not towards the other partner, not towards uh, ex-partners, not towards anyone, basically. It does, some of the questions do bring up some past situations, but mainly to help the current couple understand why is it, what is it from that situation that upset our partner? You know, what, is, where is their limit basically? And just to find out more about them and what triggers them, what they like and stuff like that. So that took a bit of a while and a lot of playing, to be honest, you know, back and forth because we were playing it. And then we were trying different scenarios in our head, you know, like how, how would it work in this situation, in that situation? And then we added um, a lot of game-like elements to it to actually make it a game. So things like cancel the question or reverse the question or, you know, even questions that would ask for additional details to the main answer, basically to the main question. Because we wanted to make this game an actual fun conversation, you know, but also playful, you know, where you can for example, if I'm playing it with my husband and he thinks he got me locked in with like a very serious, deep uh, question, I can just reverse it. and like, Nana, you will have to answer it now, you know? So it's quite playful and light, but still it does have some deeper questions as well to also get those important conversations in, but in a playful manner and in a game-like setting, you know, because, and I remember this from when I was training as a manager, I remember to this day with great fondness, all the courses I've been to where some game, something was involved. I remember this, those to this day. I remember everything I learned that day because it was fun. It was interesting. It was entertaining. I don't really remember those where I had to just sit down and take notes. You know, I, I would still need to look at the notes and be like, yeah, I don't remember most of this because it was boring to me. So the thing is very similar with couples to this day where we are more likely to be more open and also more honest when we play because there isn't any pressure on us. There isn't any, oh my God, what are they going to say? Oh my God, will they judge me for it? But it's a game like setting where let's just play a game, have some fun, talk some things through, and then that's it. And we also added, so basically what we've done with better topics is we've added all the elements that we've liked in other board games. We just put them together and we combine them into a game. So we have the lock element, which is, you know, depending what type of cards you're dealt, your lock for that round. And then we have a bit of strategy where you have to really uh, know how to play them, which question goes with which modifier and how to play them in such a way that you get rid of your cards first. So then you win because whoever wins the game gets to choose their own reward out of, out of the reward deck that comes with the main deck. So, you know, we have a bit of everything basically. And yeah, once we've put all these elements together, we again played it for quite a while to make sure that it all gels together well. And then we gave it to many of our friends as well to play it because 
you know, we, we look at it from the creator's point of view and it's our first project together and it's basically our first baby together. So, you know, we, we look at it um, with like parents' eyes, you know? So we wanted some really honest feedback from other people. So we gave it to many of our friends to play it. And then we tweaked it a bit. And then we, you know, got to this version that we have now. Mm. I love that. Because when you think of like deep conversations, you think of like, it's going to be hard, you know, you just think of like all those feelings. So I love that you're able to add that with the element of a game. And I'm curious, like for navigating those like deep conversations and like playing this game like is there a certain point in the relationship you think you should play this game like should you not play this game too early on in the relationship like what do you think about that I actually think couples should start playing it from the very beginning all the way till the last day of the relationship basically assumingly they both live to 100 and you know maybe one of them dies first but and the reason why is because it gives you a really good foundation of questions that you can ask your partner every week to keep in touch with them and not lose that touch from the very beginning. Because what I found was that many relationships end up in a breakup because the couples forget to keep in touch with each other properly. Because if we are to compare, you know, the dating period, it's been amazing, all about one another, learning about each other, doing surprises for each other, spending a lot of time together, all of that type of thing. And then later on, that kind of fades all the way to not being there anymore. Because, you know, and it's normal for it to dim down. You know, this is very normal. Again, this is something that I want to normalize where, yes, you do have that crazy passion and chemistry in the beginning, but it is also normal for it to dim down a bit throughout the years because you do have other things going on in your life as well, like career, family, kids, maybe pets, hobbies, you name it. It is normal for it to dim down, but it's not normal for it to die out. So with this game, basically, we wanted to give couples a an exact tool that they can use without any prior instructions other than obviously the game's instructions that they can use straight away on reconnecting with their partner. And they can use this again, as I said, from the very beginning, because then they can start off the relationship on a very good note where they already keep in touch and focus on the important things in a relationship, like each other, how each other is feeling at different moments, when each other needs support and all of that. Because at the the end of the day, we are a team, you know, in a relationship, we are a team where we need to support each other. And some might be exactly the same type of personalities and the same type of people and the, you know, the relationship works well but most people are quite different and as in like a work setting where each team has individuals with uh, different skill sets the same is a relationship like you know I am so much better at cooking and keeping the house clean and my husband is so much better at I don't know let's say business and then we know where to support each other sometimes that doesn't mean that I do all the cooking and all the cleaning in the house And again, that doesn't mean that he's bringing all the income in the house, but still we have our strengths and our weaknesses. And then we know where to balance each other out and support each other. And the thing is, although we might find these out at the beginning of the relationship, these also might change over the years, you know? And again, that's completely normal as well. But how do we know that they have changed and not get frustrated that things are not the way they used to be? if we do not keep in touch properly with our partner and ask the right questions. And why do you think like we get out of touch with our partner? Like, why do you think we like seek outside of the relationship? I think one of the main reasons is because people who enter certain relationships uh, don't have their values set and they enter certain relationships for the very wrong reasons many of them just not to be alone some of them because family said so it's time to get married some of them because they've seen other people being happy and married and all of that and they want the same thing although they haven't really gotten clear again on their values what they want and what type of person would be perfect for them to live the same happiness that others have. So many times it actually starts with the reasons of entering the relationship. Now, let's assume that in this ideal world, a couple actually entered the relationship with the greatest intentions, both of them, you know, being super okay with each other, loving each other, being everything being okay. They can still fall apart if they forget to focus 
on each other. Again, as I said, in the beginning, it is normal to be everything about them too, you know, the, the two partners, but you cannot really sustain that because you still have a life at the end of the day. You still have career at the end of the day. You still have a family, a house, friends, maybe even. And the more we focus on those things and we, we forget about our relationship, the more we get used to that. And many times, many times, because this doesn't happen overnight, people don't even realize what's happening because it kind of creeps up on them, you know, over the years, they just wake up 10 years later and look at each other. And they're like, I don't even know you. Like, who are you? And also, you know, frustrations build up and all the problems that happened. And also there is an element of not knowing how to, how to work with it with our own feelings and how to work with our own frustrations. Because again, we might have some expectations in the beginning that might not be met later on. And then we get frustrated, but then we don't know how to deal with them. So we lash out and then, you know, argument starts and all of this and each argument pushes us uh, apart and more apart. And then again, years later, we look at each other and we're like, what are we doing here? You know, what is this? Why? Why are we even in this relationship? So, but by getting in touch with your partner regularly, because, you know, whatever you go through in a day, you're not literally tied to your partner every day even if you work in the same house like I work from home my husband works from home as well still we go through different things throughout the day his business is different than mine the way he talks to people is different he's at a different level than I am so we are and we are different individuals as well we will definitely go through different things. But then how will he know that if he doesn't get in touch with me properly and asks me, you know, how was this? How was that? Are you okay with this? Why did that upset you? You know, things like this that are important so he can understand what has happened. How can he support me if he wants to? Or even if he cannot, you know, at least just to be there and hold my hand, you know, through something bad. So there are many, many elements why we fall apart. But mainly because I think many people don't really realize that a relationship actually takes work after you've been together and even if you're married you know if you want to have a great relationship you have to work on it because a relationship because it's two individual individuals in it it's an organic thing it changes over time and that's okay but it depends on you how it will change because if you take care of it and if you grow it, it's like a plant, you know, it will flourish more and more. Uh, but again, like a plant, it's okay to, you know, lose its flower sometimes and it comes back into bloom and, you know, have that cycle. It's okay. But if you don't, then what will happen? The plant will basically die out a slow and painful death. And the same is true with a relationship. Now, what I want to add to that is that because of the great times we're living in, you know, and we have all this access to information and everything else and games like better topics this work on one's relationship doesn't have to be tedious anymore you know it doesn't mean that you have to sit down on a couch and talk about your feelings it's not like that although better topics will address some feelings things it does it in such a playful way that is light and accessible even to those who are not very used to opening up usually yeah and I'm curious like when you and your husband were creating this together like what was that process like for you like did that bring up any stress like how did you guys like go through that process or like was there any stress like creating this game together or like do you have any tips for navigating like creating a business with your partner or creating a product with your partner or something like that it was definitely a very interesting process pleasant one to be honest um, but interesting, nevertheless, again, because I always steered away from the business world, because my mom was in business, and I've seen her struggles, I didn't want to go through that. So I, you know, wanted just to stay on a corporate ladder as much as I could and as high as I could, until I actually realized that's not fulfilling to me. My husband, on the other hand, he always owned businesses. So he had a very different mindset than I had, you know, like many times we would have discussions where he would get frustrated with the system where I was working, that things were not getting done because it was the NHS, which is the national health system in, in the UK. And I was like, yes, but that's how you do it. And he was like, yes, but that doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, but that's how you do it. You know, so we would have these type of discussions where he would get like, he wouldn't understand why is it. So working on this was very different especially for me again because he already was in business it was easier for him but for me it took a lot of getting used to even simple things like if I'm at home I'm still working because for years my mind was set on the fact that I leave the house I'm at work I'll work all day I come back home 
that's my off time. Like my brain was like, now we're relaxing. We don't have to think of anything till the next day that we see the desk and the office. So when I started working from home, for me, it was so, so difficult to actually start working because I was in my living room and I was thinking, oh, I should cook dinner. I should do the laundry. I should do this. I could go there. I could go here. And my mind was anywhere but on work because my mind was not trained to work if I'm at home. Unlike his, he was fine because he was always working from home. You know, he's like, yeah, that's fine. I'll just start working. And I was like, but there's a massive pile of laundry. And he's like, I don't care. I am working. And I was like, I don't know how that is. So we had those elements in the beginning. Also in creating the game, I think the fact that we are very honest with each other and we were very open from the very beginning of our relationship with everything, that helped us a lot because we had no arguments about it, basically. We had a lot of discussions about how to improve the game, how to do it, and then especially when we were discussing the rules and the modifiers. And sometimes I would get frustrated, you know, because he would not understand my point of view. But then once I would explain it, you know, it would make sense. So one thing we have, one rule that we have set for ourselves from, again, the very beginning of our relationship was that regardless of how angry or annoyed we get with each other, we should never ever call each other names like you're stupid, you're idiot or any other names or even worse, never. Like regardless how angry we are, even if we are ready to kill each other, we can do that, but not call each other names, you know? And we always had this rule in place. So even when the tension would rise and, you know, I would get frustrated mostly than him because he's he's the calmer one in the relationship. When I would, you know, feel that, okay, this discussion is getting out of control, I would literally just leave. I would like, you know what? No, I'm stopping this conversation here. You know, we sh- you should go or I should go or we should like kind of, you know, have some space between us until we calm down and then we can take this and rediscuss this in a calm way. And we had the same approach with things in our relationship as well, you know, the personal things. So I do think that working with your partner on a business does put a lot of stress on both because you do get more frustrated with things but it is very very important to have those very clear rules and limits that you're not willing to pass because once you're dead you don't know where you're going to stop and you know many times it's not in a good place so also that being said he was very involved in the creating process of the game and right now is less so involved you know, once we've launched it and once we have launched the Better Topics app as well, he actually took a, you know, backseat and I still go to him if I have some like business advice that I need or something, but he kind of lets me handle it because he realized that I need my own time to learn to grow a business because again, he's been in business for over 12 years now, I think. So obviously he's learned so many things that I am just learning now. So again, I think it's a combination of being a bit wise, but also having that really great communication with your partner to understand when is it that they need you most? When is it that they need space from you? When they need support, what annoys them? What doesn't, what frustrates them? What doesn't, you know? And again, although you know at the beginning of the relationship, as time goes by, things change, new things come into play and maybe new things frustrates them, you know, that maybe before they haven't seen as frustrating because of God knows what reason. But again, how do you know these if you're not keeping properly in touch with your partner? Because, you know, there are people that still have weekly date nights, which is amazing, but they still end up talking about kids, family and other issues. And that's not the point here. The point is talking about the partners and the relationship. And if you have at least once a week that, you know, touch base with your partner, when you know you can count on them, you know, you're a team and all of that, your connection strengthens, you feel that you can literally take on anything in this world. And even if everything comes down crashing, you'll still be fine because the your partner is there and you're there and you can still go through everything. And I think that's one of the best feelings ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I have a final question for you. If you were to go back in time and talk to your 20 year old self, what would you want to tell her? Ooh. First of all, I would say, listen, don't stress it will all work out fine. And I know when you're in your 20s, it's very difficult to see this and it's very difficult to believe, but yes, but you don't understand. And this, I understand that right now for 20 year olds, there are different times than it was when I was in my 20s. But that would be the main thing. Like don't stress, you know, and whatever you want to do in, you know, in your 20s to experience more, just do it. 
just do it because all of those lessons will teach you something. Obviously, within reason, don't go and do crazy stuff that you know they're not good for you. Because by the time you're 20, you kind of have, you know, a, um, a level of what is right, what is wrong. So, you know, try to do the good ones, obviously. Um, but do whatever you want and don't stress about it because you have so many years ahead of you and there is no competition with anyone. You know, some people got married when they were 18 and they're still happy in their 30s. Good for them. I got married close to my 30s, to be honest. I was like 29, I think, by the time we got married. So, you know, I was like, that's fine as well. That was my life. I have friends who they're in 36, 37, and they're still not married. And that's okay as well, because that's their life. So basically, don't compete with anyone else around you. And don't compete with anyone on the internet, because you do not know their struggles. And I'm not saying this because, you know, all social media is fake and everything. No, it's not all of it fake. There is a big part of it that is real. But the time difference between certain posts you don't know about like in my case it was quite an exceptional case where you know I've met my husband because I literally haven't posted anyone ever on my Facebook like nobody I was dating never I was like no until I know for sure that this is a serious relationship that will last years I'm not gonna do that I don't want to I don't want anyone's nose in my business like what I'm doing so I've posted I remember a picture with my husband And then a month later, he actually proposed. And then I posted that. And then we were married and everyone was like, oh my God, what has happened? And that's an exceptional case because that was how it actually happened. We've met a couple of months later, he proposed and then we got married soon. But even if it would have taken years, I wouldn't want someone to just look at those pictures and think, oh, she just met someone and got married. You don't know. It might be years in between. You know, how do you know? So... Yeah, in your 20s, we do tend to, some tend to have this rebellious side as well, where they don't listen to anyone and they know best. You don't know best in your 20s. There is definitely an experience difference between your 20s and your 30s. It's huge. Like when your 30s people tell you something that the 30s are not like 20s, this is our a new inside joke in the house because nobody in our house is under 30 anymore it actually is true because your 30s are not like your 20s so that's why when you are in your 20s you should just enjoy that again I understand some might struggle with different things and uh, just starting their career and not having as much money as they would like and all of that but once you get in your 30s you will realize that those struggles were nothing (laughs) you know I'm not saying that the 30s are horrible I'm just saying that by the time you get to your 30s, you learn so much that you're grateful for all the struggles you had in your 20s because they taught you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much for doing this. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me today. Where can we find you? Where can we connect with you? So you can connect with me on all social media platforms. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, everywhere. I'm at Better Topics. Um... And if they want to email me personally, they can at diana at bettertopics.com. And for those who want to get the game, the physical card game and links for the Better Topics app as well, they can find on our website, which is bettertopics.com. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'd love if you can leave me a review on iTunes. Please feel free to share it with any friends you think the story would resonate with. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.